had some soup for dinner. Some soup for dinner? And now I'm feeling really hot. Like, normally I come down here and I'm really cold because it's cold down here. Oh. But right now I'm just, like, burning. (laughs) I had some raspberries and peanuts for dinner. Your dinner (laughs) choices are just... Chef impeccable. <laughs> Could you imagine if I ran a restaurant? <laughs> Welcome. Raspberries Our specialty and today are raspberries and peanuts or, or asparagus and cheese. Asparagus and cheese or macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, orange floats galore. <laughs> yeah, or just a jar of Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> So what are we talking about today, Paige? I have no idea. I don't know. I picked it 10 minutes ago. Good. This is my favorite circumstance. I really hope they can't hear Lina like yeah. gnawing <laughs> on her bone over there. Like, If you can, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't feel like doing anything about what's, it. What's that called? ASMR? <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> sounds of Carolina. It's only ASMR. If she were doing it right in the microphone, oh my we word, could that make would that be a, a disaster. <laughs> we could do, what if we did that as our podcast? We just did ASMR for 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure there's a podcast out there. Oh, that I'm does sure that. that exists. Probably multiple. I, I, I am not an ASMR fan. I oh, just gotta me neither. say. I, can we just briefly. Yeah, let's talk, talk about, about ASMR. Cringiest ASMR noises. Anything, any mouth noises at all. Thank you. Thank you. I can't. No, I, I love and adore dogs with all my heart. But this, the sound of a dog's tongue licking anything, I can't. But if it's, if they're like licking me, like the action of them licking doesn't bother me. It's the sound. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> just, literally just yesterday, I was watching my cat eat her wet food and we like really water down her wet food so it's like soup Mm, and she's just like lapping it up basically but Mm -hmm. I just remember sitting there thinking I love this sound ew oh gross (laughs) like I know you hate I mean okay I still don't understand why you love or you don't mind big dogs licking you but if a small dog or a cat licks you thinking about a small (laughs) tongue licking me just uh like it sends like a shiver through my spine but like a large tongue isn't as surprising maybe no no i love little tongues ew no like cats or dogs well tongues are I, i did not like it when my small dog would lick me but like cat tongues are like sandpaper, so they make a different sound. So I why just, is that better? It's it's just it's not as gross sounding. Ugh. If Lina licks me, it's like a slop slop slop. If my if ew, my cat licks sit. me, it's like it's like ew ew no 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 like cats tongues licking is like nails on a chalkboard for me. No no it's like little tiny scrapes of nails yeah that's great no they're not little nails they're just like a little sandpaper no 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 and just and small dog tongues the same thing just i don't know why just little tongues i can't i just i find it personally offensive that you don't like little animal licks because I'm I sorry. Lo- like little animals it's all that i own ever i'm i i literally <laughs> if i could change it I would but I can't like 
I like my cousin's dog. I love Ella. You know Ella. I yeah. love Ella. But like she gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever she Yeah, and she I find that so me. offensive. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why it's like the and the smaller the worse it is. Like <laughs> So if like a turtle licked you, you would just die right there. Um maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It it depends on the sound that happens. So it's 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 all about the sound. It's pretty much the sound. So if you're if you've got earplugs on and, like, and Ella comes up and licks you, no, you're fine. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it's the feeling too. I'm sorry, Ella, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that is. But, like, well, maybe it's not so much the size. Because my dog, my old dog, Shelby, was a little smaller smaller than Carolina. And she used to lick her feet, like, constantly would lick her feet. Mm-hmm. And that would, like, send me through the ceiling. Like, if I was trying <laughs> to sleep and all I hear is, like, <laughs> like, all. No, I mean, uh, I agree with with that. Like, if I'm trying to sleep and an animal's, like, over there licking, that bothers me. But it's almost less about the sound and more about, like, worrying about what they're doing to their bodies. Like, if they're licking, yeah. if they're over licking. Yes, that too. It's just a whole heap of anxiety about the sounds, the feeling, and the like, damage the that's damage being done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. What a horrible way to start a podcast. <laughs> But I, okay, but back on the question, that's definitely my worst ASMR. I, unless there's another one that I can think of, but like that, that one I know right away, always, I hate that sound. Mm -hmm. And people, if people do stuff with their mouths, like my mom does this thing sometimes that drives me crazy. And I told my coworkers about it and like, I don't know why, but she'll do it like when she's talking to Carolina, then she'll just go like, I can't even do it like (laughs) and I hate it I hate it (laughs) oh it sends me and like I will tell I will like try to calmly tell her like please stop but like I just want to be like please stop I can't yikes on bikes yikes on bikes I hate the sound of people chewing like Mm. especially if they're like eating with their mouth open like chewing with their mouth open yeah that's bad too (sighs) yeah Anyway, I don't know how that happened. Why did we start talking about that? That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that we both have, and it's not something you want to have. Any guesses? A period? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about periods today. Are you serious? No. Oh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What do we both have but we don't want? Yeah, we both have this, but we don't. It's not a desirable thing to have. Uh, All right, let me tell you. Wait, no. Okay. I mean, I guess you could guess this if you guessed like 12 times. (laughs) What do we both have that not everybody has, but we don't want it? Give up? Yeah. Okay, today we're talking about imposter syndrome. Hmm. Okay, and this is why I wanted to talk about it because this something Ugh. something we watched recently made me think about this. Oh. Uh so for the listeners, we are currently watching The Dropout. <laughs> um, the opposite of imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the literal opposite. The of- literal opposite of imposter syndrome. <laughs> 
Okay. The Dropout on Hulu is uh it's a it's a for anybody who doesn't know, it's a TV show um about Elizabeth Holmes who was a very successful sort oh, of in a way no. successful as like a, a fraudster criminal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was the ceo of uh what's it called thermostat Thera- no theranos theranos. <laughs> theranos uh which was just like a just a load of crap mm-hmm. uh and there's a tv show that's like based on that story and there was a scene in the most recent i think one of the most recent episodes we watched uh-huh about where she's like being interviewed and the person interviewing her was like what do you think about imposter syndrome like do you we as women experience imposter syndrome and i was like wait imposter syndrome is a woman thing because i like i've I, i mean i can tell you i've met at least one person who like i've actively talked to about imposter syndrome and it was a guy so mm-hmm it's I, it can't just be women oh heck but then no. i googled imposter syndrome like right before this so i could just get a little bit of like insight from somewhere other than me uh-huh. and the first article that came up was the harvard business review an article that said it's called stop telling women they have imposter syndrome and so i guess imposter syndrome is is like a thing that people just accuse women of having more often or like quote unquote diagnose but it's definitely not just us anyway for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is i think i'm jumping ahead of myself okay yeah imposter syndrome is basically like the feeling that or the belief that one gets when like you feel like your accomplishments and your successes aren't real or like the things that are your successes are like actually you're just like tricking everybody into thinking you're Mm -hmm. successful Mm -hmm. um, and that you're actually a fraud yes and I always just kind of associated that with perfectionism because I've always been a perfectionist and I've always like set impossibly high standards for myself and I just kind of assumed that I had imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. I just never met my own expectations Mm -hmm. but I mean, there's definitely a difference. I feel like it's so much deeper than that. Because I feel like imposter syndrome is about the fact... Because, like, perfectionism is, like, you're never going to reach, like, this high, Mm -hmm. you know? But, Mm -hmm. like, imposter syndrome is, like, I cannot do anything. Like, I did not accomplish anything Mm -hmm. with this. Like, I am a complete and utter fraud. But I, I definitely think they go hand in hand. But, like, there's something about imposter syndrome that's just so much deeper that is, like, I am not – everything that I accomplish actually adds up to nothing, which is, like, very sad. But I think that there's that there's an extra layer to that where, like, everything that you accomplish that's adding up, like – Everybody else thinks it's an accomplishment, but you are actually like just faking it till you make it. Yeah. It's like what it feels like. So it's not just like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff, but it really doesn't mean anything. But it's like, I'm doing all this stuff. It doesn't mean anything, but everybody else thinks it means something. I'm just like tricking everyone into thinking it means something. Yeah. So like for me, my literal job title includes photographer right now. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm like, but I'm not like a photographer like other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like a photographer, like the way most people would say, like their profession is a photographer. Uh-huh. 
Because if I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a photographer. I'm like, mm, but I'm like a f- junior photographer. <laughs> like in my mind, even yeah. though like there's no there's no reason for me to not at this point, like say, I yeah, I'm a, prof- I'm a I do this professionally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're looking at me like I'm crazy. But that's yeah. exactly what imposter syndrome does. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, like, of course, like in my mind, it makes sense. Like, yeah, I'm not as good as everybody else. So I must be impo- impostering everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think imposter syndrome hits you the hardest when, like, it involves titles. When you're, like, labeled something and you're just like, no, like, I could never. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, like you said with photography. And the reason that I, that I, like, equate this with perfectionism is because, like, theoretically, if you're perfect, like, you know everything. And if you are labeled, if I'm labeled, like, say... <laughs> Lina, you were just all about the ASMR all today. the noises today. <laughs> if I'm given a label, mm-hmm. that label comes with, in my mind, everything anyone could possibly know about photography yes. is under that label. Yes. So if you give me that label, photographer, I'm like, you need but to I know. don't know everything. Yes. I don't know everything about a camera. You need to so- know everything that anyone has ever known <laughs> about photography. And because I don't, I'm like, well, then they gave me the, the title photographer, but... I, I mean, they, I'm, I've tricked them. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I, that's, I feel like that's a really good way to explain it. Mm-hmm. So you, you made a really good point. Like, it's all about labels. Like, everybody's loving these labels recently. And it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes the labels are just, like, detrimental. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because I feel like with a label comes a lot of weight of, like, you have to know everything that anyone has ever known about that subject. We take our jobs very seriously and we Mm want to be like the best that we can be. Mm -hmm. And like perfectionism plays a role in that. And I feel like that's why imposter syndrome hits people so hard that truly want to do their best in whatever they're doing. Like it's, it's, it's like Mm self-sabotage. The people who want to do the best are like knocked down the most because you feel like you can never reach that point. Yeah. Then there's people like Elizabeth Holmes that are completely the opposite and are just like, I have no knowledge in this, 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 or this. But I, I think I do. Yeah, but <laughs> guess what? I am a scientist. I am a CEO. I am. And I'm going to literally trick everyone. Yeah. And I'm going to fool everyone to think that I am these things, even though I have nothing to prove for it. But anyway, this article that I brought up in the Harvard Business Review Stop telling women they have imposter syndrome. Now, this this article, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, it goes into, um, like, misogyny and especially racism. I think that this is coming, this is looking at the label or the term imposter syndrome through the lens of racism and how, like, black women experience it mm-hmm. specifically. So I can't really speak on that because I'm a woman, but I'm white. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, they basically said that, hold on. This is what it says at the end. Leaders must create a culture for women and people of color that address systematic bias and racism. Only by doing so can we reduce the experiences that culminate in so-called imposter syndrome among employees from marginalized communities, or at the very least, help those employees channel healthy self-doubt into positive motivation, which is best fostered within a supportive work culture. So 
in summary, this this article was saying that like often we will say that a woman has imposter syndrome when in reality it's like the environment that they're in that is like causing it. It's not like coming from the woman's own psyche. It's just like the environment or the the culture that they're put in isn't like built to I guess help them actually recognize their accomplishments. That's what I understood that they were saying. I just thought it was really interesting that and again like when I when we were watching the dropout I thought like huh mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was mostly women who experienced this because mm-hmm. man wouldn't it be nice to be somebody who doesn't experience imposter syndrome well I mean that article and like what you said makes sense because the people who are going to experience imposter syndrome the most are going to be the people that are doing making accomplishments that are like the first of their kind. Like if you're the mm-hmm. first woman to, you know, be a CEO of a <laughs> health <laughs> thermostat, therm- therm- ther- Theranos <laughs> company, like you would think that person would have imposter syndrome. Or, you know, if you're the first woman to achieve some crowning achievement, then that kind of goes along with it. You would feel imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. So, yeah, I feel like it has to affect women more just because we're put in those doubtful positions more than men are in most cases. I know for me, if I can get personal for a moment, (laughs) the brief one, at my work, like I'm a manager and I'm on our leadership team and I am by far the youngest person uh, in a leadership role at my job. And... um, it usually doesn't affect my work very much because I, I believe people should be valued for, I mean, of course, who they are and like they're, them as a person, everyone which should be valued, don't get me wrong. But I feel like as an employee, you should be valued for like the work that you put in and your performance, not on your age, your race, your gender, sexuality, anything. Like none of that should matter. It should be based on your performance mm-hmm. and how well you do your job. So it usually doesn't affect me because I know that I always work as hard as I possibly can to a fault. (laughs) So it usually doesn't bother me that I'm clearly the youngest person in that team. But there are definitely days where we're all sitting there together and I just look around and it just kind of hits me out of the blue. I'm just like, I feel like a child. (laughs) I'm just like... You know, I just feel that that huge gap in age compared to all these other leaders. And uh, it does kind of throw you for like a couple minutes. And then I have to remind myself, you know, it's okay. You're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you also like you start to think when you have imposter syndrome, you start to think it is based on other people's thoughts. Because then I'll be sitting there thinking, like, do all of these people think that I'm a child? (laughs) Do they think I'm not capable? Or like, what are their thoughts about me? Do they think I'm a fraud? You know, and Mm -hmm. that's, and that's when it all just spirals out of control until you stop it and believe in yourself. Yeah, it's kind of, you kind of have to constantly remind yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no just like getting rid of imposter syndrome. No, at least not in our case. (laughs) If there was a cure for imposter syndrome, that'd be great. Like, I'm sure there's celebrities and people of great success out there that just look in the mirror, like, Taylor Swift just looks in the mirror and she's just like, did I write all those songs? Did I win all those awards? You think she looks in the mirror and does that? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) she does. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's, I'm 
guarantee there's celebrities out there who look in the mirror and doubt themselves. I think that's why some celebrities are a little messed up out there because they have imposter syndrome (laughs) and they have to keep working and throwing themselves out there to prove to themselves that they're worth something, you know? No offense, Taylor Swift. You're great. And that's... You just, like, jumped on Taylor Swift. I mean, I don't mean to. It's a very humanizing thing to do. We think that to be a celebrity, you have to have no doubt in yourself. But I think you have a lot of doubt in yourself when you're a celebrity. Yeah, I feel like if I became a celebrity, I would be a mess. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to talk about my book. (laughs) But I think... It's so hard for me to write a stupid book is because I just, I can't see myself as a writer or an author because it just seems impossible. It just seems impossible. So like imposter syndrome hits me hard with that because writing is is hard and you have to believe in yourself. And a lot of times I don't. And Mm -hmm. then I I don't type a word because it just feels useless i guess but i hope to get there someday but is that is that about like is that about imposter syndrome or just because i've always gotten the impression that your struggle with writing is more about i mean writing is hard yes but that doesn't mean you have imposter syndrome just because you just like struggle to get a book on a page Mm -hmm. or words on a page Mm -hmm. You've all, you've always seemed like you are um, em- like more embarrassed for people to read your writing <laughs> just because you. you wonder <laughs> you just wonder if what you're writing is silly or not. But I don't know if that's quite the same as imposter syndrome because like imposter syndrome I feel like would be more like people are gonna love this book but it's actually not good. Um, I think I think I compare myself a lot to other authors. Yeah, no, I definitely have the issue with being afraid that what I'm writing uh, is coming from a child. (laughs) Um, My biggest fear is that I am am a child. Um, Yeah, I definitely have a fear that what I'm writing is embarrassing and that everyone will laugh at me. But I do compare myself to other authors and think, how in the world did they write such a complicated and, like, exquisite world and story and I can never do that like mine will never be that perfect even though theirs isn't perfect I just think how how is that possible how can they do that I can never do that I guess the story will just live in my head (laughs) and then goodbye (laughs) yeah so I don't know I I, but I do think imposter syndrome plays a big part in that because it's very difficult to imagine myself as an actual author Mm -hmm. or even just a writer And I think a lot of writers struggle with that. So how do we fight imposter syndrome? What do we do? What can we do? I don't know, because it doesn't really seem to help when other people tell you, no, you're doing great. Like, your photography is great. Your stickers are great. Your writing is great. It backfires. Why does it backfire? (laughs) Because the whole idea of imposter syndrome is that you feel like you're tricking other people into thinking you're successful. And the better you are, like, the worse you are. So if somebody tells you that you're doing great, you're like, well, then my fraud is working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's 
it's like a never-ending battle so it's more like you have to do self-talk and you have to convince yourself yeah because there's nothing anyone can say to you that's gonna (laughs) change your mindset yeah is there anything that you don't have imposter syndrome with like is there anything that you're really good at and you recognize that you are really good at it uh long pause um nope like I'm literally I'm literally going through all of my things that I do and I'm just like I'm I'm pretty good at that and then I'm like nope nope no I'm not no I'm not (laughs) then I go to the next one I'm like all right well that's I'm okay at and I'm like no but you're not you're not perfect at it so no no (laughs) yeah like all I can say is that I'm okay at everything (laughs) okay that's that's a hard question because I feel like it's hard to say like yeah no I'm completely confident that I am the best well that's not what I asked at this (laughs) didn't ask you if you were the best I asked if there's anything that you are really good at that you recognize that you're really good at and the, the the successes in that area are valid and you're not tricking anyone into thinking that they're good they really are good okay well, you're a good TikToker. <laughs> That's not what I asked. <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't count if you tell me that. Although I was literally going to say, if I had to pick anything, I do think I am really good at making TikToks. I think that they aren't as, I think I feel like my TikToks are not appreciated at the level that they should be. So that's. Whoa. There's. Wow. <laughs> there's one area okay, where you Elizabeth Holmes over here. <laughs> invest in my tiktok thing give me 50 million dollars i'm at every walgreens i feel like it's just hard too because to answer that question i feel like you you're like breaking like the humble contract like i i have like a humble contract with myself okay so you okay and like to answer that question which that's probably an issue but <laughs> so the fact that I just admitted that I'm good at making TikToks is making me look like a jerk. Is that what you're no, saying? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no. But if I would do that, then I would look like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I have a very, very hard time like admitting to things that I'm good at because I feel like if I do, then I'm breaking like some unforeseen rule. Do you think that and I guess this is hard to answer because we're both in the same age group but do you think that uh imposter syndrome is like mostly among millennials like do you think there are boomers out there thinking that they're tricking everybody into thinking they're great i don't know that's an interesting question i feel like i feel like if we take a look back because i feel like lots of people talk about the millennial age group was like the participation trophy age group like I, I that, hate that. I hate that too. But because it's kind, who gave them to us? It's kind of true, yeah. But it is true. Like in our age group, everyone just suddenly decided that like like success is not actually as successful, and failure is not actually as much failure. Like everyone's on the same playing field, mm-hmm. you know. Like if you play softball, like I did, and I was horrible at it, <laughs> I still got a trophy. Just like the other girls that are like stellar superstars and are getting college scholarships and like I'm the loser that like can't catch a ball for my life yeah you're making a really good point (laughs) yeah so I feel like our age group 
was told as kids that you're successful even when you're not. Mm-hmm. So then now that we're older and we are successful, we're like, wait, no, I'm not. I'm still that loser that can't play softball, but people are giving me trophies. Hmm. Mm. So it's all the boomers fault <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I think just psychologically it does mess with you as a kid if if you're rewarded for not doing anything. But I feel like there's definitely boomers out there with imposter syndrome. I feel like maybe they just fake it better than we do. <laughs> I don't know. Or they don't rec- recognize that it's imposter syndrome or they just don't talk about it. I do feel like millennials and Gen Z like talk about stuff more. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I think we're much more open in some cases. That was that was good. What, the whole discussion? No, that your point you made yeah so you're saying the point you just made was good <laughs> you made a really good point right there with the trophy thing yeah <laughs> you are you're really you're really good at making good, good points uh, thanks, <laughs> okay well i'll own up to something all right humble contract be oh, danged <laughs> I know that I am good at, like, coming up with little, like, phrases and things. Because our, like, CEO has, like, quoted me at, like, board meetings. And I'm like, (laughs) what the heck? (laughs) Yeah, which I don't think on a regular basis I'm good at it. But I've got some good one-liners that he, like, keeps coming back to. Okay. um, Like what? I can can share. (laughs) So, um, okay, well, he's he's the kind of guy that he just bigger's better, always. Like, the more, every, bigger's always big better. Big picture person. He's a big picture person. Everything is always more, more, more. And um, one time, though, as we were talking about, like, what's the new, new thing we're going to do? Like, we did this last time. Let's do bigger. And, like, I said, I think we need to stop thinking big. We need to start thinking small. And uh, I then I forget what I said exactly after that, but I talked about how the small things are often what makes a bigger impact than the big things. Like we need to stop thinking about like the big new improvement that we're going to make or like the big new shiny stuff that we're going to do or the big policies that we're going to do. Like we need to think small, think of little things that we can do on a daily basis that will help the company. Mm. And he like... So he's running around saying, we got to think small. We got to think small. Yeah, like he was totally shook by that because it's completely the opposite of what he always says and always thinks. He's always like, bigger is better. Mm -hmm. And I think that like really took him off guard. He was like, wow, like it really is the little things that you think of more often. Like I think of the little things that happen throughout a day or the little things that make me love somebody rather than like the big extravagant things, Mm -hmm. you know? All right. Well, what's the moral of this story? Don't be so hard on yourself. Everybody's faking it. (laughs) Yeah. Why was this such a painful episode? (laughs) Yeah. That is another thing that I like constantly remind myself of when I feel like I'm not doing as well as everybody else. And like, I'm, you know, I don't know enough to call myself a photographer or like whatever. I just remind myself everybody feels that way or like, like, no, not everyone feels that way, but like, everybody's like a 10 year old in a 30 year old's body. Like we, nobody knows what they're doing. We're all making it up as yes. we go along. Can we talk about how like, just real brief, like <laughs> as a child, you think 
adults know it all that like uh-huh. a doctor knows doctor things uh-huh. that like a teacher knows all the teacher things but then when you become an adult you're just like i'm an adult i'm a teacher i don't know everything i'm an adult i'm a doctor i guess i know <laughs> some things like you know i mean i've seen some tiktoks recently of like doctors looking up like, like, the patient would catch their doctor looking up on YouTube how to, like, treat something. Oh, no. <laughs> like, okay. So doctors don't know everything either. Yeah. I just remember, like, in college, like, our teacher the one time told us, she's like, make sure you save your textbooks so you can, like, look back at them if you ever, like, are practicing and need to check something. And I, like, for a split second, I was just like, we're allowed to do that? Like, <laughs> what? Like, we, we don't need to know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, what person on this planet knows, like, everything about their thing? Yeah, and you definitely, like, as a kid or even as a teenager, think that by your mid-20s, you're going to have everything figured out. Yeah. By your 30s, you're going to have everything figured out. By your 40s, you're going to be an expert in your field. Like, no, you're just, you're making no. it up as you go along at all times. Yeah. And like, everyone that's just around what being an adult you is. is the same. Like, you have to keep reminding yourself that everyone around you is the same. Yeah. Like, going through that. Because, yeah, it was very eye-opening becoming an adult and realizing that adults don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, as a kid, you just assume they do. Yeah, so, what what a what a travesty! To, yeah. What a like what a horrible thing to realize when you come out of childhood. Congratulations, we're all imposters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, have a great week, imposters. <laughs> Go out there and be successful, and recognize it.